Great, so we are here today at the Kew Gardens Festival of Cinema interview series with uh, directors of some of our uh, features and shorts and documentaries that are playing this week. I am John Fallon of the Indie Film NYC podcast. And uh, if you'd like to introduce yourself. Yes, hi. Uh, my name is Erica Tai, and I am the director of Chasm, short film that will be playing at the Queen's Museum as part of the festival this Thursday, August 10th at 11.30 as part of the shorts buffet block. Nice, that's very <laughs> nice. So uh, tell me a little bit about uh, why you uh, decided to make this film. So um, several years ago, I actually directed a play and at the beginning of my film, you see there's a quote from that play. Uh, it was called Hamlet Machine. It was uh, written by Heiner Mueller in the early 70s. And it was his commentary about post-socialist Europe and how that system didn't work. Uh, and then when I directed it, it was shortly after we had invaded Iraq. And it was kind of my anti-war political piece. And mm -hmm. I set it in post-apocalyptic America. And several years later, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine about it, and he proposed the idea to me. He said, have you ever thought about making it into a movie? And I looked it up to see if it was already done, and it wasn't. And the script from that play, I don't think would lend to being a, a feature film. It's a pretty dense text. And so I took some of the ideas and themes from when I directed the play and decided to make this short film. And this is a similar idea in terms of it's set in kind of this post-apocalyptic era with kind of an everyman Hamlet character. And, um, you know, a lot of these themes about inequality, hence the name Chasm. It's also the name of the, the original track that a friend of mine who's a DJ produced. His name's Pawn, Pawn Sound. You can find him on SoundCloud, I believe. And, um, you know, decided to make this short. And it's a lot of the themes are still pretty you know relevant today I think sure yeah. so you had uh, kind of already a background in performance mm -hmm. and and uh, live theater yes. uh, what was this your first film or this was my first film yes I mean if you don't count you know video projects in school <laughs> <laughs> and how was that uh, how was that process for you like what what did it you do to tackle that um, it was a long pre-production <laughs> and just kind of getting together a team. Uh, my producer, Senna Ramirez, she was kind of a godsend and really helped me in the process and kind of built that team. Uh, my DP uh, brought in two people as, you know, a small crew. Uh, that's Sean Talbot. He's phenomenal. And uh, he's also a big J.J. Um, um, Abrams fan. So the the flair stuff that you see in there, that's very, that's, that's Sean's uh, influence from J.J. Abrams. Nice. But um, and my husband actually played opposite me in the film, and he played the, uh, the Hamlet character in the play when I directed it also. He's a phenomenal actor. Um, he was on Sons of Anarchy uh, for a couple of episodes, and so that was kind of, it all came together. And actually, the woman who uh, did the wardrobe for my play did the wardrobe for the, the film as well. Heather oh, that's great. You could uh, yes. keep those connections and, yeah. and make that. Um, and so uh, you said you kind of picked apart the text and uh, pulled out things that you wanted. Did you write the screenplay as well? I did. And uh, was that just something you – did you just sit down and write the screenplay first before you launched into let's actually produce this? Or 
you know what I'm saying? Like, did it I all did. come together at the time? Yeah, I did. But I didn't really take actual dialogue or text from the from the play. Sure. I just took the themes that I approached it with right. at the time. Um, you know, images of war and just kind of man. He, the man played by Stephen Parker Jr. Uh, represents kind of an everyman, mm-hmm. last man standing after everything's gone, and just kind of how his actions in life uh, planted seeds of destruction of existence, essentially. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm just always interested in, you know, uh, when you get the ball rolling as an independent filmmaker. Uh-huh. And, you know, as you know, uh, the script is kind of, if you don't have a good script, then you're, you're in a lot of trouble. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. you know, when... When do you really start that pre-production process? You know, it's uh, yeah. so that's why I asked the question. I, yeah, I just it's uh, it's it's you know, there's no actual dialogue and it's all visual. So mm. most of the screenplay was just descriptive of Great. the images and the order of images, and then a lot of the when we finally you know got to the location and did the shooting, a lot of stuff got thrown away just by logistics, and mm. there was a lot of kind of different compromises that I had to make. Right. Um, you know, in the moment. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, probably that's a, a big lesson for any independent filmmaker yeah. is flexibility. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? Because what's really important is saying what you're trying to say. It doesn't matter how you get that message out there or, or what the actual words are. Right. You know, because uh, it, it's what comes through at the end. Yeah. The feelings, especially in a, something as uh, original as what you did with. Uh, it's all movement, and you know, like if if you're not talking, you can't you can't easily convey right. the message. So, yeah. um, and so, you where did you shoot this? Uh, we shot it in Desert Hot Springs, mm-hmm. um, just outside of Palm Springs. Okay. I have a friend uh, in Palm Springs that I asked, you know, do you know of any locations that have this kind of post-apocalyptic? feel to it and so she found this spot it's a really interesting story actually she found this spot it's a shooting range and it used to be an old way station okay and so that all that graffiti all that stuff was already there when we got there and i hadn't even been there before we shot it it was <laughs> like we got there it was it was valentine's weekend slash president's day weekend and uh it was we shot it in two days Okay. And uh, and we got there, and I saw the space, and I said, "This is exactly what I wanted it to be." Mm-hmm. And we included a lot of, you know, the graffiti from the, the dilapidated buildings, and as part of the um, as part of the film, one of them at the very end with the credits, you'll see it says, "Destroying is our sickness." Mm. So it just it was just I couldn't have asked for a more perfect location. Yeah, yeah, I actually remember that at the end. Yeah, but yeah, it's totally so guerrilla style. Sure. Um, actually, at one point, we didn't think anyone would come out there and shoot guns, but they did. <laughs> and so that was kind of interesting. And But it also put things into perspective because part of the idea of it was, you know, um, what what war is like. Mm-hmm. And as Americans, you know, we're very privileged. We don't have to, you know, deal with the immediacy of, you know, the possibility of, oh, yeah, the, I have bullets flying by my face you know, walking to school and back, I don't know if I'm going to live or die. And right. just having that little element while we were shooting kind of put things into perspective a little bit. Sure. I yeah. Bet, I bet. And so you said you did a gorilla style. So I'm, I'm assuming out in the desert for two days, you had a really stripped down crew. Yes. Yeah. 
Yes, it was me, my producer, makeup, Steven, uh, the DP, and two people on his crew. That was it. And then did you, you went, you went back to Palm Springs for the night or? Yeah, actually a friend of the producer housed us and then the DP and his crew, they stayed at the hotel. And then, uh, you know, if if you don't mind talking about kind of how you uh, made this happen, you know, uh, monetarily, did you, did you raise money? We did an Indiegogo crowdfunding um, campaign and uh, it was like, I think we raised about 5,500. Okay. That was about it. And then... What was that experience like, the campaign? Because I know a lot of independent filmmakers are trying that route uh-huh. uh, with various successes and failures. Yeah. Uh, how much, how much effort was the campaign in relation to what you got out of it? Um, it's it's definitely a learning experience. Um, you know, I didn't have a lot of experience generally in this field behind me. And actually, it was kind of a first time for my producer as well. And, you know, we both come from theater background. Also, you know, we're both actors and just trying to do, do the thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, had the, she was the one that suggested Indiegogo as opposed to Kickstarter. I think Indiegogo doesn't have as big of a, a take if you don't reach a certain... Well, there's also the, the benefit where you get whatever you raise, whereas with Kickstarter... Exactly, they take a cut. If you don't hit your goal, yeah. you get nothing. Right, exactly. So, so like, mm, I think we're going to go with Indiegogo right. on this one. But I know that because yeah. I did my own Indiegogo. Oh. Uh, I had well-documented it on my website yeah. in, in a nice long blog post about <laughs> how I tried to raise eight grand, and I got 800. Oh, <laughs> and, uh, but the, the thing is, I still got the movie made. So, yeah. uh, you know, different yeah. ways I had to compromise and, yeah. and things. I have a lot of good friends who support me and, mm-hmm. and support what I'm trying to do. And so, you know, most of the money just came from my friends sure. and family. And uh, so we, my producer and I created like a short video explaining what we were trying to raise the money for and all that. And it just, you know, a lot of other crowdfunding campaigns are so much more polished and kind of short films in and of themselves and like really great production value. And I think that they probably make more money that way because it just looks so much more professional. And that was, that was a lesson learned too. You know, it was just, well, I think that's definitely a big takeaway that a lot of folks realize, you know, after their first one, usually is that they're banking on your presentation is going to, kind of suggests the quality of your film. Right. So when you have a well put together presentation, when everything looks and sounds like it should sound instead of like echoey and, you know, because yeah. we've all seen those bad uh, crowdfunding videos where, yeah. you know, you wouldn't put that on your Facebook page. Right. But they're putting it as their crowdfunding video. Yeah. And then wondering why they're only getting, you know, uh, 10% of what they, or less of what they were trying to raise or, or they're trying to raise for a small project, you know, a hundred thousand dollars for a short film. You know, so you have to be, uh, realistic about uh, the face you're putting forward. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I still feel like I, I have a love hate relationship with crowdfunding. Yeah. And, uh, I was speaking with this about this with somebody, uh, one of the interviews recently this week, uh, about how you basically, you get one, you know, and, uh, Mostly it's friends and family, <laughs> and uh, you know they help you out, 
but then you know you got to do something with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, so are you? I guess what is the goal with Chasm now? Are you going to just uh, let it play through the festival circuit? Uh, is it a proof of concept for something bigger? Or do you want to just go on to different projects? Yeah, I want to work on some other projects and let this kind of flow through the festivals um, a little bit. And um, uh, I have some other things that I just have to get down on paper, essentially. Sure. Um, but, yeah, I have a lot of different types of projects that I'm working on. Um, I do a lot of things outside of film and stuff as well. And um, But uh, I've, I've developed kind of a larger network and resources that I can tap into now. So I think after getting this one underway and learning a lot from the experience that I'll have something more to bring to my next project. Yeah, but look, working the festival circuit is its own True. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> unique kind of job, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, mean, yeah, you're, yeah. you're your self-promoter. Yeah. You're out there, you know, pushing your movie. Yeah. Um, is this, this is not a premiere for us, is it? The castle? Uh, as in terms of an actual festival screening, it is, as a matter of fact. Oh, great. Yeah. Okay, so good, good. So we're your first screening. Yeah. And uh, have you heard from other festivals yet? Yeah. Oh, yeah? Okay, good. Um, there were a couple of online ones mm -hmm. that it was selected for, but for most of them it was rejected. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, they say this about a 10 per In fact, the previous uh, interviewee was just saying this. You get about 10% back. So yeah. if, if you want to get into 10 festivals, you have to apply to like 100 festivals. Right. Which, you know, some of the festivals can be quite pricey. Yeah. You know, it's a lot of money to put into, you know, to cross your fingers and hope yeah. you get a screening. And, you know, a lot of times, I, I know even with our festival, there there were some great films that, you know, you can only pick so many. We only, I mean, we have 10 days, but 10 days goes by fast. Yeah, so. I, I equate the submitting of projects to festivals to applying for college. It's kind of the same thing, you yeah. know, you send in your your essay and you pay the fee and you don't know if it's going to happen or not. And you so. hope you get the big package yeah, back right. from the school because if you get the yeah, small letter, exactly. it's over. Exactly. <laughs> totally. Well, uh, we're really happy to have you as part of our uh, our lineup this year and the I'm inaugural so year. Here. Thank you so and, much. Uh, you know, we hope to see and hear great things from you in the future. Thank you. Thank All you very right. much.